Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Colin, you have just written your own translation of the New Testament and called it The Truth. Now, this is a huge project. Why have you done this? Out of obedience to what I believe God was saying to me, I never envisaged doing this. It wasn't anything that I desired to do. And with so many English versions of the Bible available today, my first reaction was to say to the Lord, well, why? And what I believe he was saying to me was that uh, he wanted a translation by a preacher who could bring out the meaning of the text, not just sort of slavishly translate it from one language to another. Uh, you see, on the market there are what you would call accurate literal translations. Um, the New King James, for example, is a word-by-word -word translation. The New International Version is a phrase-by-phrase -phrase translation, but they are literally wanting to translate the original Greek into what it means in English. Then at the other end of the spectrum, there are a whole range of um, paraphrases which are based on the text but are, are so free that they have, in some cases, sort of almost lost sight of the text. You think of something at the extreme limit, like the Message Bible, which is very edifying, wonderful to read, a great inspiration, but really has, has uh, departed quite dramatically from the original text. Um, it, it's very, very much interpretation rather than translation. And that has its place. But what I was uh, thinking, or what I believe that God was asking of me, was to do something that was in the middle, that it brought out the meaning of the text, therefore there would have to be a certain amount of interpretation, but then there is in all translation. Uh, but at the same time, keep true to the original Greek. So this was quite a challenge because in drawing out the meaning, you don't want to change the original. You want to explain the original, but without it becoming a paraphrase and without it becoming a, really a commentary. So I knew that I would need the grace of God to hit the right place in the middle because I don't think there is anything really on the market that attempts to do that in, in quite this way. So what I did was, uh, as I went through the text, I did a literal translation and then asked myself the question, now how would you express this in English? today in contemporary English. Uh, and then I've sought to do that. Where did you begin? Well, um, I, I didn't work through from, from Matthew to Revelation. Uh, it was really a question of praying and saying, you know, wh where do I start? Uh, I believe if my memory is correct, my, the first book I did was Romans, and we're going to have a reading from Romans uh, in, in a few moments. 
Um, and uh, it was very exciting because, of course, it took me into the text in a new way. I mean, I've been a teacher of the word for, what, 45, 46 years. Um, but when you actually have to translate it like this, and to translate all of it, not just your favorite chapters and verses and so on, uh, it does give you a deeper and greater insight into the whole revelation of the New Testament. And uh, I therefore found it a very rewarding exercise to have to do this. It was a lot of work in the midst of all the other things that I have to do because um, this version which is just being published this week uh, is 540 pages. I mean, that's, that's a long book, but then there's a lot of material in the, in the New Testament. And of course, I, I have had a lot of experience when I've been traveling overseas of being translated into different languages. And I've really had a series of wonderful, wonderful translators uh, over the years. But all the best translators have really impressed upon me that when you are translating somebody from one language to another, you do not translate literally what they say because the literal translation may not mean the same in the language into which you are being translated. And you see, this is what I felt really with, with, with the New Testament. If you just slavishly translate from one language to another, you do not necessarily bring out the meaning of the text. As you said, we're going to hear a little bit of uh, Romans in a moment. But when you were doing this translation, Colin, who did you have in mind? Who is it really for? It, it is for general readers. It, it, it will be of tremendous use, I believe, to new Christians because it is accurate. And at the same time, it is bringing out the meaning for people of what they're reading. But it, it is also... Uh, for every Christian reader, because I believe in using this text, people will get increased understanding of the word. And it's not that I'm asking people to desert their favorite versions. Uh, I, what I suggest is that they read this alongside their other versions, get a greater understanding of the word, which they can then take that understanding into the use of the the text that they're more familiar with. So I think there will be a whole variety of ways in which this will be used. But, you know, if God told me to do it, he's obviously going to use it. He, he never tells people to do things uh, without there being a real purpose behind what he's saying. And, of course, this has taken two years to do. And you wouldn't persevere with a project like this unless... You really felt the hand of God upon you unless you knew the anointing was carrying you through it because it's not the kind of thing that I would normally do. I mean, I <clears throat> I had to study Greek at university, New Testament Greek at university, but I would not call myself a Greek scholar. So, you know, it isn't that... Uh, it's, it's not even intended to be a scholastic uh, translation of, of the Scripture. And <clears throat> how I resolve this... Um, sort of dilemma where how do you stay true to the text and yet bring out the meaning is sometimes there's a kind of a double translation that I 
translate exactly what the Greek means and then follow it by another phrase which actually uh, explains that phrase. So you get the translation and the explanation all in one. And somehow it's, it seems to work. A, a number of people have been using the text for several months, uh, really to try it out and, and get people's um, uh, sort of feedback on it. But everybody that's used it say they have been so blessed by it and have had such a positive assessment of the whole thing. And that's that's been very encouraging because these are people that some of them very familiar with the Word of God, and uh, you know they they would only want to use something that was true to the original. So let's uh, have a reading from Romans. I'm going to take them uh, a few chapters today and tomorrow. And I'm going to begin with Romans chapter 5. We come then to this wonderful conclusion. We have been brought back into right relationship with God and made completely acceptable to him through our faith in Jesus Christ. Through him we now have peace with God and all the blessings of his grace are made available to us by means of our faith. We stand daily in the flow of God's free gifts to us and we can rejoice that a greater revelation of his glory awaits us. This is our sure and certain hope. At the same time, we can also rejoice in whatever cost or even suffering that is involved in being faithful to the Lord. Affliction teaches us perseverance and perseverance builds character. And it is part of our character to be people of hope, looking to the future positively. Such hope does not end in disappointment, because God has already filled our hearts with his love through his Holy Spirit, whom he has given to live within us. You understand that at God's appointed time, Christ died for all the ungodly. He did this while we were still powerless to please him because of all our sins. It is a rare event for anyone to die for another, even for someone who seems a good person, living a righteous kind of life. How great the love that God has demonstrated in sending his Son to die for us while we were still sinners and unacceptable to him. We can be sure of our acceptance because of the power of that sinless blood that Christ shed for us. We should be equally confident, then, that the process of salvation will continue in the future that at the judgment that is to come, we will be saved from God's anger because of Jesus' great love for us. We used to be God's enemies, but now we have been reconciled to him through the death of his own son. His death has brought about our reconciliation. So we can be confident that the life he has given us will continue the work of salvation within our lives. Such wonderful truth causes us to rejoice in God because of this reconciliation we have with him through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we are one with God. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 